subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Tradar, a trader's podcast. My name is David Bloomberg, and I'm your host for season one of The Traders Canada. The Tradar features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition show, The Traders, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. Today, we're talking about The Traders Canada, episode six, and I have an amazing guest as I welcome the queen and fan favorite of Traders Australia, season two, Annabelle. Oh my God, David, I am a true fan of yours and I'm so (laughs) stoked to be here. Well, thank you. I'm a fan of yours as well. Uh, (laughs) Notice how I introduced her. There's no other name necessary. It's like Madonna or Sting. It's just Annabelle. (laughs) Thank you, because I really haven't decided how I'm branding my surname. (laughs) I'm telling you, just go with one name. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Uh, so before we uh, jump in, I just want to ask you, how have you been enjoying the Traders Canada up till this episode? I am literally obsessed with this cast. I don't know if it's because I've been talking about them obsessively, but they're bringing so much. I feel like we're getting the drama, the fallouts, the tears of the Traitors UK, but with a lot more strategy. Um, And so combined, it's really ticking all of the boxes for me. This episode, 
I did have to take a moment, a walk around the block. I felt personally attacked, but I still had a really good time. Well, good. Yeah. And one thing that you didn't mention is it also has a couple of faithful who maybe remind me of some faithfuls from your season because they're literally never right. All I'm saying is, David, icons only at banishment number five. (laughs) All right. Well, before we get to the meat of the episode, we have some TT news. First, more awards news for the Traders UK. Uh, the, the show has been nominated in the entertainment category for the 2023 television, I'm sorry, televisual Bulldog Awards. It faces tough competition from seven other nominees, including Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway, uh, Strictly Come Dancing, and The Mask to Singer. I've actually heard of one of those since they're all British shows. And, I, you know, <laughs> the winner will be announced in the winter issue of Televisual Magazine. Additionally, in the past couple days, the show has been shortlisted at the TV Choice Awards in the Best Reality Show category. This time, there are only three other nominees, Queer Eye at Home with the Furies and I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. You can vote for the traders by visiting tvchoicemagazine.co.uk. Next up, some uh, more pretty exciting news from the UK. The BBC and Studio Lambert have announced a third season of The Traders UK has already been commissioned and casting is now open. This is a very promising sign and suggests that the forthcoming season two is another great one. Uh, The growing list of awards the first season is accumulating probably isn't hurting either. If you want to apply to be a cast member, and yes, this means that the UK show is not casting celebrities, you can visit the BBC website or the link on Studio Lambert's social media pages. Matthew will also add the link to the podcast episode description. I also want to add that while it hasn't been confirmed, rumors are that the U.S. version is also going to be renewed for a third season, which would make sense since the U.S. and U.K. versions are made in cooperation. With that, let's set up the Tradar Traitor Game. This is where we will each lie to one another once during the podcast. The lie can be big or small about the traders, yourself, or anything else, as long as it is a complete fabrication. However, we are looking for fake facts, not fake opinions. Like, I can't say, I love the way Sam played the traitor role in your season, which would be an obvious lie to you anyway. Um, <laughs> As I've mentioned previously, any lie involving numbers needs to be like an order of magnitude. Like, I can't say I have nine pages of notes when I actually have eight. I'd need to say I have 80 pages, which would be a lot, even for this episode. And then at the end of the episode, we will put our trader hunting skills to the test and see if we can detect the other person's lie. Are you ready to betray me? Oh, David, I'm so poised and ready. I mean, did I say this last time I was on the podcast to Matthew and then swept up in my own grandiose story, completely forgot to tell any lies at all, freaked out and couldn't even think of Matthews? Yes, but I'm here and I'm ready for redemption. All right. Well, in that case, our game begins now. Now, normally we'd begin the recap where the show does. But there is such a 
holy shit moment in this episode that I think we have to jump right to it. Just before the mission, Kareen gathers everybody in the room to tell them Dom has broken a rule last night in his room and as such has been removed from the game. At first, I, I think at least some of the players definitely thought this was like part of the mission. Like, oh, Dom has been removed and you have to go find him. And then when she said it, they were like, wait, wait, you're serious? You know, I couldn't tell exactly whose voice it was. I think it was Mays, but I'm not 100 percent who was saying that, like, oh, you're serious? So what do you think happened? I'm less interested in what really happened and more of the deeply salacious explanations I've been thinking of <laughs> in my head. I mean, realistically, maybe he had a phone or was using a smart TV to communicate with people, but Dom alone in his room at night... What could he possibly have been up to? I don't think it could have been communicating with the other contestants either, or we would have seen more people punished. But I I feel like something as small as scribbling notes somewhere secret. I know so many people have done that and got less than a slap on the wrist. So I think, David, it must have been fairly egregious. And my mind wants to go to dark places. Oh, my. Well, my mind may have gone to dark places, but that's not where I settled. I settled on one of the things you mentioned, because I have seen over the course of my many years of watching and covering reality TV, several cases of players in games sneaking cell phones in. So I that's where I immediately went to. Like maybe he had a burner phone and just called home to talk to relatives or something like that. A now very famous comedian uh, did it. And to show how long ago that was, he had a Blackberry. It was in 2006 on Last Comic Standing. Uh, he said he was just concerned about his girlfriend because she had just had a recent breast augmentation surgery. <laughs> uh, then in American Idol season nine, semifinalist Joanna Pasitti was also disqualified because she had a cell phone and was in contact with people to get outside help. And then much more recently, we saw Chuck Norris's grandson kicked off of the first claim to fames, you know, and for also for having a cell phone and trying to use it in a room full of cameras. That was the incident that came straight to my mind, David. That was so funny. But yes, I agree with you. Sneaky, sneaky call home to the girlfriend, Dom. I see you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, these rooms are not outfitted with cameras the way like claim to fame was. So. I, I don't know. You know, Kareen said, even when I'm not watching you, I'm watching you, basically. So who knows? Someone may have heard him talking or. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, sure. you know, uh, sure. I, I, you know, obviously, I don't think that they're going to have him doing interviews. And uh, I think that uh, it will probably stay secret for a while. I suspect so. I mean, Dom, our one confessional count king. Mm hmm. How we will miss you. Just when, well, we'll talk about, uh, I was going to say, just when he was, you know, he was getting somewhere. But <laughs> with that, we'll go back to our usual chronological order. So we will be mentioning Dom for a while along the way. 
We begin episode six, where episode five left off with a knock at the Trader Tower door. And of course, it's Kareen, and she's telling them exactly what I predicted last week. There is no murder, but rather Mike and Kuzi have to put three players on death row and then murder one of them the following night. I was also right that Kuzi would have wanted to recruit a scapegoat. So she's annoyed about that. And I am, too, because quite frankly, I think that would have been more fun. Yeah, I think this was a huge miss um, not to have recruited now the previous episode because with the result, we see that that we will get to if Kevin goes out and he is a traitor, that completely takes the heat off Cuzzy. That's the reality star knocked out. That's the person from that original aeroplane challenge team out uh, it really, I don't know about you, David, I was i was catching up on a couple of the episodes that you've done just to get a gauge for your opinions. And I think you've mm. been quite high on Kuzi. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, these have been really messy traitors, just their decisions <laughs> with who they're murdering. I mean, that um, says a lot considering who the traitors were in your season. Well, I think it's because I had higher standards for these guys, <laughs> you know? I thought, Mike... Cuzzy, you aren't egomaniacs. You're you're playing with other intelligent people and uh, just really going against the grain. The the shield strategy is a strategy for a reason. Yes. Um, and to immediately choose to murder someone who should have by proxy shield protection because you as a traitor have it, always going to come back to bite her. Yeah, I I mean, I've been, you know, as you've heard, I've been iffy on that the whole time. I I don't think they should have done it. But if they were going to do it, doing it that early when there was enough numbers. But the problem is, see, I think this is a problem that we've seen with these traders is they assume that the faithful are going to somehow come to the same conclusion they did. Like, I'm sure that Mike and Cousy were like, Well, they'll probably realize that there was enough numbers there, so it didn't matter. But you can't explain that without looking suspicious. You know, like you can't go in and say, well, I bet they did it for this reason, because then people are looking at you like, and how do you know what's in the mind of a trader? Absolutely. I thought it was bad in in two ways. Either it means that the trader had a shield and the trader is definitely there, Or it means that Crystal was so worth murdering that the traitors, Mm -hmm. not even knowing who had the shield, were willing to take the shot because Crystal was totally accurate. And who was she pointing out? Cuzzy and Mike. So um, I I thought it was probably the most satisfying aspect of this episode is seeing that now rebound on them. And I, I also think that it was a strategic error on both of their parts not to recruit Kevin as he was gaining heat because that looked good for both of them. We needed a man gone to clear the heat on Mike. We needed a reality star gone to clear it on Cuzzy. He was always half out the door. I think that should have happened last episode too. Yeah, I don't know that I ever would have recruited Kevin because I would be too afraid that Kevin would turn on me very quickly and that he would have the ability to do it. I if I were looking for a reality star, I might have recruited Fierce, mm. Um, you know, because, you know, clicks lots of the boxes there and going so crazy, probably out the door. 
Um, you know, May was another possibility, obviously, you know, woman instead, but does click the reality star box and, you know, always, you know, perpetually wrong. So that also helped. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying about Kevin with, you know, the heat that he was under, although I don't think he was under as much heat because he, he led the charge against Melissa B. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, as we saw her <clears throat> celebrating on Twitter after this episode, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, it would scare me if I were a trader, it would scare me to recruit him. I agree. I, I think I agree with you to the extent that, Kevin would now know exactly who the traitors mm -hmm. were and he totally could pull something. Um, but I also think Kevin is the only person you mentioned out of those names who had the ability to pull off being a day one traitor. I think True. if you recruit May, if you recruit Mickey, if you recruit mm -hmm. Fierce, I you're going to see about Mickey. I always forget about Mickey on this show. So. <laughs> instant change in behavior mm -hmm. so i think he's the only one who could have taken the heat off you're right it's a huge risk and maybe it'll still work out for them but i still think it's something worth considering yeah yeah i mean that's all in the past now for them but uh yeah that's what we do on podcasts is we analyze what people should have done so uh in any case we you know, going back to uh, Traders Tower here, Koozie figures the faithful will expect the traders to include one of themselves among the death row list, which does make sense because I'm pretty sure that's literally always happened in every season so far. Uh, she thinks people will become suspicious of all three names. So they go through the names they've either, you know, heard or they want out, focusing on Mary because she's recently been named as a possible trader, Kevin because he's a threat. And then Melissa, because she'll defend herself a lot and take up all the discussion time, which I didn't realize just how much she talks. But in this episode, they make it sound like she just talks all the time. <laughs> we did see earlier in that same fateful air landing strip challenge her screaming over oh, the top right. of May, which caused yes. some drama. Melee, you know what, girly, when you're as interesting as you, keep that mouth open. That's right. So... We get a breakfast and people start trailing in uh, within the first two groups are Trevon, Gurleene, Mickey, Melissa, Donna and Mike. And Donna says they need to be detectives and she thinks she's found two traitors. Uh, but we don't hear who they are yet. Mary, Dom and Kevin are next as Kevin realizes that Kuzi and Leroy aren't there yet. And both of them are his allies. Uh, it's so funny how Kevin talked all last week about his plan to align with a traitor when he's already been aligned with a traitor since day one and he just didn't realize it. Absolutely. He's uh, core to the traitor's pet strategy is working out fairly early which one of your allies is the traitor. And he's missed yes. the mark on that one. But as we'll get to later, the second part of the traitor's pet strategy, you need to be a good little dog. Woof, woof. Yes. You don't bite the hand that feeds. Yes, yes. Uh, Mike announces that for the first time, he has a theory. Thanks, Mike. Uh, and it goes back to the other team from the airport a couple episodes back. Now, this, you know, based on what you were just saying, 
I know that, and we're going to get to it here, that other people are going to bring the airport up too. Why is he bringing the airport up? It's it's a bad idea for him to bring that mission up unless, again, he's doing exactly what he was accused of doing previously, which was hearing whispers of things and then presenting it as his own idea. That's exactly what he's doing, David. This is not a new or fresh idea. Mm-hmm. Every single episode since <laughs> that mission, people have been throwing that out as an idea. Even May, Messy yes. May, has been continuously pushing this as an idea. So I'm sorry, Mike. This is not fresh ideas. Yes. And speaking of May, she arrives alone and discussions about the shield ensue, which reminds me that I guess winning the shield last week was meaningless because uh, there was no murder unless it protected them from being on death row too. And they just didn't bother to talk about that. Yeah. I'd need to go back and have a little look at those notes, but yeah. um, it doesn't seem like it, it had a huge impact. I mean, Mickey had the shield. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Leroy comes in and they presume Koozie is out until she comes into a big celebration. Yay, yay, you're all alive. Um, And all of that, of course, is cut short by Kareen walking in with the actual news of what happened, which was death row. Um, Kevin says the odds of him getting murdered have gone up a million percent. Now, since he's a poker player, I usually trust his math. I'm pretty sure that Going up a million percent is not correct, though. (laughs) But we love the drama anyway. What I do appreciate from Kevin is the articulation um, of the idea that Mm -hmm. you, as a faithful, need to balance being suspicious enough to avoid murder, but supported enough to avoid banishment. And this is something that's intuitive for us as podcasters and people who love competition strategy, but you would be surprised how alien that mm-hmm. concept is to people who who were playing the game um and i do think that this is kind of a a big disadvantage for kevin i think as someone who is um so obviously more strategic at, with much higher game intelligence than everyone it not not only does that make him seem more threatening in an obvious mm-hmm. sense But people perceive that as him being suspicious and threatening in some other way. Um, And this is something that I struggled with as well, where you just seem sus or something's not right with her. And and people miss that them being intimidated by you as a player, they misinterpret that as them being intimidated by you as a potential murderer. Yeah, I I, I would... Correct one small thing of what you said. I don't think him having the knowledge is what does it. I think him showing the knowledge. If he had that knowledge and he just told us, we'd be fine. But he's out there telling everyone, and we'll get to that at the round table because that didn't go so hot. But um, I think that's what it is. And yes, he is great. I mean, you know, he's been on Big Brother twice, so he knows how to talk to the cameras, how to explain himself. And he does a great job. He is, to my mind, the first person to go in there and explain to us all these different things. Other people may have been doing it, 
Uh, I think you were doing it as a matter of fact, but he had more time and, you know, camera time to explain what was what was going on specifically. And yeah, definitely most people who go in there, I mean, you know, your whole cast mostly, uh, you know, they they had no idea. And I think a lot of the people even on this cast had no idea about the real way to play, which, again, I'll you know, we'll talk about more when we get to the get to the roundtable. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, Kevin, he just uh, it, it, re- it reminds me and this is a very, you know, miniature version of it. There was a uh, a podcaster mafia game. This was on a, you know, a, a video. So this was, there was a podcaster mafia game that I was in and someone said something. And then, you know, I immediately, without even thinking about it, jumped into analysis mode. And I was like, well, no, that doesn't make sense. And I was basically podcasting the mafia game. And I was like podsplaining it to them. And so then her co-host from one of the podcasts they do immediately jumps on me. And then I get, you know, uh, knocked out in the in that very round i get voted out and so yeah it's you know like i said a very small version of that is when you go into that mode people look at you and they're like that's awful suspicious that you're behaving that way yeah when you know it all david (laughs) when you're that correct it's it's very hard to pretend that you're wrong and not that intelligent yes so i don't I don't blame Kevin for it. And I'm back to what you said about him being able to articulate this strategy. I think you're totally right. And something I've really appreciated about Traitors Canada, as opposed to the other versions, they're not afraid to show and talk about the strategy. Mm -hmm. I think some of the other versions have been very adverse to showcasing the player's strategy because they want to keep it as this, we're just trying to hunt the murderers uh, narrative. Um, The way Canada has exposed the fact that, yeah, of course there's alliances, of course there's decision Mm -hmm. factors that come in other than I think you're a traitor when you banish someone. Canada has not been afraid to talk about that. And I think that is what's making this a top tier season. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Although, let's face it, in your season, if they had talked to most of the faithfuls and asked them what their strategy was, it, it would have been dead air. So um <laughs> I'm sorry. My season ended after five episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. It was the shortest trader season ever. <laughs> um, all right. Well, getting back here, uh, Donna expands on her earlier statement and says she feels like she she has to go into strategy mode. So she says this again. So welcome to the game, Donna. Uh, she had all those from the airport mission who went into the armory raise their hands. And then uh, Dom jumps on this and says a traitor got a shield. And that's why they felt comfortable targeting someone from that group. Now I've discussed, you know, on previous podcasts that, well, basically what we just said, you know, he's not wrong, but there were also enough people that it wasn't a big risk. But again, then you have to explain that Um, because it's clearly a risk in terms of what the faithful would think. So I was going to ask you about your thoughts on that, but you've already told me so we can just keep going, I think. 
Um, what I liked about this point, though, I will say, because we get this great confessional from Kevin that's essentially like, mm-hmm. well, nice to meet you, Dom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You can tell at this point in the game they're getting over each other. We're starting to see more of this mm-hmm. sass and confessionals where they're like, yeah, all right, mate. Um, yeah. And I, I love that. It's it's giving Traders UK. I'm living for it. <laughs> all right. Well, Koozie is uh, also getting stressed, as Dom continues, uh, by eliminating people who are out of the game. Uh, she tells us Dom is barking up the wrong tree. It's actually the right tree. It's she just doesn't like the tree that he's barking up. But uh, but then Dom switches to actually barking up the wrong tree and concludes that the traitor in question put themselves on death row to avoid suspicion. So that makes Kevin his top suspect. So <laughs> Kuzi managed to send him off to the to the other tree there. Um, nice to meet you. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know. See, Kevin thinks about that. Most people would be like, oh, now I'm getting worried. Kevin's like, oh, this heat's going to keep me safe with the traders. And this is not 2020 hindsight. This is the note I wrote at the time. I was like, I don't think they're the ones you need to worry about right now, Kevin. Um, oh, yeah. Kevin. Yes, yes. And and then he also doesn't help his cause with the traders by outright telling Mike again that he's suspicious. So. Although I guess if you're going to do it, stay focused on one person instead of like spreading it around like he does later. And confronting other people mm-hmm. outside your alliance is dangerous. We did see at the start of this episode, Kuzi, and throughout this episode, Kuzi is prepared to go into bat for Kevin. Mm-hmm. Mike is pushing. We need to go for Kevin. We need to put him up on trial. We need to get him sooner than later. Cousy is willing to have his back. Now, if, mm-hmm. if Kevin actually just says within his alliance of Leroy, Cousy, Gurleen, mate, I think Mike is a traitor mm-hmm. and we need to go for Mike, Cousy might decide she's ready for a bit of a mutiny and a backstab. Going with that information straight to Mike, that's where it's getting dangerous. I I wonder if he thinks that Mike is actually a faithful and he's trying to be purposely off the mark. Because that would go along with part of what his strategy was in, you know, he thinks Mary is a traitor, so he's getting close to her, but he's outwardly targeting Mike. So I wonder if he, but the reasons he gives for Mike being a traitor are so good. They're so, such good reads that it's like, if he really does think Mike is a faithful, then he needs to trust his own reads better. Yeah, I think that he keeps forgetting he's supposed to be playing dumb. Um, I think it is just sometimes hard to restrain yourself when you're in this environment. You know that you've got it and you want it. I think he's I think he's struggling on that one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So uh, death rowers, uh, Melissa and Mary talk and they think Koozie is a possible traitor because she's calm and deflects questions rather than putting out names. Meanwhile, Koozie tells us about the alliance of herself, Kevin, Leroy, and Gurleen, which I'm pretty sure is the group that Fierce said was their alliance and they kicked Kevin out of in their mind last week. So, yeah, so much for that, Fierce. Um, uh, Koozie thinks there isn't suspicion of her among them, and so she doesn't want to cut anyone in her alliance, which is good. 
Meanwhile, another group of Mike, Dom, May, Donna, and Melissa chat. Uh, several raise Leroy's name, and then Dom raises Koozie's name. And then we get to the mission, or before the mission, rather, the point where Dom is booted. So, I, I mean, it also raises a timing question here. Because I believe that each episode, at least in Traders Canada, I'm not sure how it was for you, but I believe each episode is a day. And so, yeah. hmm? No, I don't know. I, I that's a lot to happen in a day, is all I'll say. Those breakfasts take a really long time mm. to film. I know Traitors New Zealand legitimately was one day, but just with all of these things that have have happened, and we've still got the mission, we've still got the armory, we've still got loads of talking mm-hmm. post mission to go. This can't have have this must have been two days. Okay, well, that would explain the overnight part of it then, because otherwise it would have been more like overnight, but yet we let you sit there and talk to people, and then we later discovered it, which, you know, could go back to your your idea of a note. You know, he was writing notes, and they sent the cleaning staff in, and they went, hey, what's this? Um, but, yeah, I you know, it, it could be... It could be a number of different things there. Um so anyway, uh, uh, Kareen introduces the mission. It's kind of funny that the players have, at least from what we see, exactly zero time to even think about Dom. Like, it's like, Dom is gone. And Kuzi's like, what happened? And Kareen's like, and now we have the mission. And boom, we're into it. And we never hear about it again. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, do they just take his picture down is it going to have an X over it? Is it just going to be scratched out? I I, I don't know. They're going to write shame on his forehead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the mission is that spirits of past players have ransacked her parlor and they have to go on a ghost hunt or more specifically, they have to figure out which objects have been replaced. Each is worth a thousand dollars and the group identifying the most objects, the fastest will win Uh, But only those on death row can get a shield. So they are the captains of the team and will automatically get it if their team wins. The teams end up as Kevin, Leroy, Donna, Gurleen, Melissa, Mickey, May, Travon, and Mary, Mike, and Kuzi. So Mary literally has the traders team. And my immediate thought was those two could throw it to ensure Mary doesn't get the shield. And hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? Koozie throws it to ensure that Mary doesn't get the shield. Mike doesn't throw it. He's totally different mindset, but. (laughs) Absolutely. I screamed. I mean, honestly, what were the odds? But we we kind of already know that Mike really wants to murder Kevin. Mm -hmm. uh, And we know that Koozie really doesn't want to murder Kevin, but also doesn't want to show her cards to Mike and reveal just how much that relationship means to her. So to me, it made sense that they would both have conflicting aims in this mission. Poor old Mary stuck in the middle. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Kevin's team, though, gets two of the three items pretty quickly. Uh, The only one who doesn't get one uh, is very psychic Donna. Uh, She messes up and puts the wrong item uh, just when Gurleen was figuring out the actual third item. Um, Melissa's team gets zero items. Uh, May says they suck. I have no further comment on that. Uh, And then we already talked about Mary's team. So Kevin 
is understandably excited when Corrine announces the results. And then the post-mission discussions ensue. Melissa tells Kevin she doesn't think he's a traitor at all because he talks so much. Travad and May, the two wrongest people this season, have finally hit on a right answer as they bring up Kuzi and find out that others have been discussing her. So it is true. A blind squirrel does occasionally find a nut. Thought, you know what? I've been teasing May all season as well, David. Um, she's just so loudly wrong. I, yeah. I love Not that. As loud her, as but... fierce, but yes. No. And <laughs> I thought that I was kind of turning around on her this episode because, in fairness, she has been articulating some correct takes. So she does really clearly understand the shield strategy, which mm-hmm. is more than most people on my season could do. She <laughs> is kind of collecting um, little pieces of logical evidence. She's been one of the people most determined that the traitor was definitely on that area airplane mm-hmm. team which she's correct about and now she's the one that's going around really pushing Cuzzy's name I thought maybe optimistically that Cuzzy there's a groundswell movement against her this episode and it might have been her banished tonight were you fooled as well um no not really I I thought she was still safe even the previews from last week I was poo-pooing them um and I, I you know, with May, the other thing, it wasn't for me, it wasn't just the number of times she's been wrong in picking people. It's the reasons that she has been wrong. It's the like in the very first episode, I had high hopes for her because she was like, yes, we all have to go with the crowd, you know, to make sure we don't stand out, even if we have different ideas in mind. And then the second episode, she was like, no, we should not go with the mob mentality. We should be out on our own which is a terrible way to think about it. And then on top of it, she made it worse by joining a different mob. So she didn't want to be in the one mob. So she went to a different mob instead of, you know, she said, I believe it's Rick and I'm going to vote Rick. And then she changes it to Crystal because other people said Crystal, you know, and that's, you know, going back several roundtables. So. Yeah. The hearts and minds mob, I've been calling them, David. They're yeah. all talking about following their heart, their mind, their soul, and then immediately mob on with whoever one of the traitors suggests. Yes. So yes. I'm with you. Uh, so May brings the idea of Koozie to Kevin. Word makes it back to Mike, who tells Koozie, but he thinks May is the only one bringing up her name, which, of course, we know is wrong. Uh, Koozie tells us, If May brings it up at the round table, she will verbally violate her in a respectful way that's so bad she never wants to do it again, which is a really, really strange phrase. It's almost like she really wanted to rip into her, but then remembered she was on camera. So then she added the whole respectful part. Mm, I don't think I've ever been violated in a respectful way, honestly. (laughs) Yes, uh, it's. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like she was she was ripping her apart that she was like, oh, I have to tone this down because this is on camera. <laughs> Love. Uh, so then we go to Travon. Who, oh, wait, we know, we're at the round table. We're at the round table and Travon opens it up by saying he's glad everyone knows he's a faithful. But Kevin still voted for him last time. And so now is when we begin the end of Kevin's game because Kevin says he thought everyone was voting him. And if he had just stopped there, 
I think he would have been fine. But then he said, Travon just rubs him the wrong way. And I heard him on an interview say that's when he saw everybody's eyes turn on him. Uh, he, he further then, and this goes to what I was talking about earlier, tries to explain the game to Travon, who clearly doesn't get it. It's, you know, it's like, I don't know, trying to teach math to a squirrel or something like that. I'm not, I, I you know, Travon just, Travon echoes all the things that I've talked about where, you know, the the host of whatever season it is comes out and says, it is the job of the faithful to get the traders. And that's what he says. I am here to do that. I am here. Da, da, da. No, that's not your job. Your job is to survive to the end and win the money. However you can. I felt so triggered in this moment, David. <laughs> I bet. I bet. The- this is this, the point when my blood started boiling because what Kevin said makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. The odds of you successfully banishing a traitor at any given roundtable, small. Mm-hmm. And how beneficial that is to you to get it right, kind of small as well. What is always going to benefit your game is eliminating somebody who won't work with you, who you don't like, who is not going to take you to the end. Specifically, all of the the reasons Kevin gave for putting Trayvon's name Mm -hmm. down, that is always a good move to get rid of that person. Yes. And because he was one of a tiny handful of people in that room who really, truly understood the game and how you're supposed to play it, everyone looked at him and thought, oh, he's smarter than me. He gets this game better than me. Mm -hmm. That's threatening to me. And I'm going to choose to perceive that threat as him being a traitor, just like I was talking about at the start of this podcast. And it, It was so distressing to watch. I was like, Kevin, I get you. You're here spitting facts and everyone just has their hands over their ears. Yeah. And that's where we get to what, you know, what I had said earlier was. It's great that he knows all that. I mean, it's you know, he should and he does. And he's very good. He's very smart. He's very strategic. You're not going to be able to educate everyone, especially Trevon at the round table and especially you can't do it by saying i don't trust you and therefore i am not going further with you because then everyone even even the people who might not think he's a traitor they look at him and say well can we trust him now i don't know that most of them were putting that two and two together because as it goes on he loses the trust of of several people and I mean, Kevin was spot on. If he was commentating this, if he was podcasting about this, absolutely accurate commentary. But Travon doesn't know what game he's playing. This is the man who came in and lied and said he was a server instead of in PR and then told people about the lie a little bit later. He has no clue what game he's even in. And, and you know, like I said, it you know, you just can't i'm sorry you can't teach that squirrel how to do math you know it's it's you're so right and i i don't disagree with you at all there are several places here where kevin 
totally did the wrong thing, said the wrong thing. Mm. I think something about the traitors, which is perhaps different to the other social strategy games, is the idea that every episode you are thrown into a structured conflict situation Mm -hmm. where you have to have conflict and fighting with other people. Um, And how you handle yourself in confrontation is so, so important. And let's be honest, how many of us are as calm as Kuzi when someone's coming for our throat? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, for 30 years, I worked at a job that was, um, you know, had a lot of uh, conflict involved where I would have to have meetings with people and I would have to you know, tell them they were doing things wrong and they were going to have to pay a fine and all these things. And I was, you know, I was not that calm Um, (laughs) or I was as calm as I needed to be, let's just say. And so often I had to play the bad guy. And so, you know, yeah, I I get it, Kevin. I totally get it. And it but no, you know, that was this was where things went completely awry for him. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Now, May jumps in on a completely different subject. So who knows? Maybe they edited things um, and says she believes there are two traitors because no one has been recruited. She's right. I mean, this is one of those things you were talking about that, you know, she picked up on. And the only reason they wouldn't need to recruit is if they felt comfortable. Also right. So whose name hasn't been mentioned? Kuzi, Leroy, Melissa, Gurleen. So Melissa immediately jumps on the Gurleen train. And Gurleen defends herself a bit, but May says something we've heard before, which is that some people only say names because they've already heard them. I mean, okay, but there's only so many names to go around. So, I, I mean, I guess it's right, but okay. Leroy says he trusts people who he believes aren't traitors. And those would be Gurleen and Kuzi. He suspects Mary. Uh, Kevin defends Mary. So he's back on his. Yeah, he he's back on his stay close to the person I think is the traitor thing. But, uh, you know, then he. Goes completely awry and throws out Kuzi's name as someone he suspects. And again, I'm not sure that he's doing it honestly. I think he wants to make himself look better by aiming at the people who he believes are faithful so that the real traders won't view him as a threat. 
And because Kuzi's an ally, he believes Kuzi won't hold it against him. This was the part that was really egregious to me, Mm -hmm. David. I understand you're in a conflict situation and you have to hold several layers in your head. I want to look stupid. I want to look loyal to my allies. I want, you know, I want to get the heat off me. To he throws out Cousy's name, David. He also throws out Leroy's name. That's half of his alliance. Yes. And like, surely, if you don't forget anything else, keeping your ally's name out of your mouth at the banishment in a game that's so um, mistrustful and, and breeding paranoia, the moment you, you let that slip out of your mouth, you can't take it back and you're so burning trust. Yeah, I do wonder if maybe some of his Big Brother time has come back here because in Big Brother, you have usually, you know, a week between evictions. And so what gets said in those last minute conversations, you know, the good the final speeches to supposedly convince people that's all meaningless. It has all been decided long before then. And I think in Kevin's mind, it's like he said at the beginning, he said, well, I was told coming in that we were all voting Trevon and nothing changed. I wonder if he's somewhat operating from that big brother way. And it's just like for Survivor, I say there are very few live tribal councils that people come in and they know what they're going to do. And even if they're pretending it's supposedly, you know, up in the air, it's not. And we even saw that in the U.S. Uh, this you know past past week, where the person who was supposed to be the target was immune, and it's not like there was some huge oh my god we have to run around and and figure out who the next no they just went to the next person on the list that they had already been discussing, and yeah, so I I, I think that he's playing it more like Survivor and Big Brother. I agree, and particularly in thinking his relationships are the same. So in Survivor and Big Mm -hmm. Brother, you get a lot of time together, whereas you only get the time together that you see on screen. You're separated overnight. They're not necessarily having all of their meals together. Or so we believe you're separated overnight. (laughs) Except for Dom. Um, And, you know, they... They are in it's, your relationships are quite shallow. You know, you're getting a few hours together and you've got to split that between everyone. You know, mm-hmm. you, I was ride or dies with Luke and barely knew him by the time I went out. Our whole relationship was basically built on we've never put each other's names out. We always protect each other. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, in my mind, if I had heard any of my allies put my name out or one of my other name allies' names out, that's it. We're done. We do not have enough of a bond to to cement any broken trust. Yeah, I think if he had talked to them ahead of time and said, hey, just so you know, we should all throw each other's names out a little bit to try to get suspicion off of us. That would have been one thing. I think that who's I think the others would have immediately shut him down. But. I don't you know, you can't just go to the round table. And start throwing it out there and have expectations that people aren't going to react to that. Yeah. So, 
But anyway, Mike goes back to the airport mission and also says he thinks a traitor would put themselves on the death row list, uh, which brings it back to Mary. Uh, Melissa brings it back to Koozie, who defends herself by saying she talks for a living as a 911 operator and she isn't trained to lie. She's trained to save lives. Uh, she's paying, playing logically. And the reason nobody has caught her in a lie is because she only knows how to operate in truth. And I'm just watching that going, damn, she's good. And then Mike basically says the same thing. Yeah, it was really impressive. It, it wasn't even just what she was saying. It was the way she was delivering the speech in this really impassioned mm -hmm. and authentic seeming way. I was very impressed by this. Yes. So she continued and basically says you could find reasons for everyone to be a traitor. Uh, she names Kevin and Gurleen as two people she doesn't think are traitors. But if they were, here's why. And, you know, she wraps up by saying she'll bring something up if she's confident in it. And I like the way she's doing it because, yes, we've seen it on every season. There are always reasons for some that you can point to that someone could be a traitor. You know, oh, they came in first to breakfast. They came in last to breakfast. They, you know, uh, uh, when they wanted to jump into this car with that other person, uh, they accidentally used the word murder. They fought too hard for the shield. They didn't fight hard enough for the shield. They, just all of these things over, you know, time have been used as reasons, you know, rationalizations. And so Koozie's absolutely right. And, you know, she's also right in saying, yeah, if I'm confident, I'll bring it up. But I'm not just going to bring up random suspicions, which is what most faithful do. They they take the most random things and they say that's you know, definitive proof. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you've got to do something, don't you? But I think yes. she's she did do she was very convincing in this piece. Yeah. So then she uh, so then Kevin. Uh, turns things back to Mike and again says that the Mike he talks to is not the Mike playing the game. And it seems like Mike is reducing his own intelligence in the game to stay hidden. So again, Kevin with a dead on read. But should you have said that out loud or should in, you have taken a lesson from Mike and done it yourself? Uh, I've got to agree. In my notes here, I just said, Kevin, I love you. Please stop effing this up for yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god the donna bit though next killed yes. me david yes so donna says she's going to vote for someone on the death row list even though koozie's like y you know you don't have to do that you can vote for anyone um she continues and gurleen echoes a lot of my thoughts by saying go ahead you can have the line do you have have it written down I want to stab myself in the eye whenever yeah. Donna talks. <laughs> I, I fell in love with Gurley in this episode. Even, I mean, I think she comes for, um, does she come for Melee or somebody else um, after this as well? She's just ruthless. Oh, that's right. Earlier in this Spanish, yes. she also says that whenever Melee talks, she just thinks about her dog. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. That She's was another... over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can understand it, at least with Donna. I can understand it. Donna, I don't know. Donna's head is 
out there somewhere. I don't know where. Um, and in fact, Donna rambles on until Kareen's like, okay, enough of this. We're, we're cutting it off here. <laughs> is there, so you tell me this, because I don't know. Is there a specific time limit that you're aware of? Or do they let things play out until they have played out, basically? To my knowledge, there's not a specific time limit. They let you go on until they think they've got the content that they want and they need. And when they start getting bored of you, then they cut you off. That would explain why they cut off at Donna. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's time to reveal the votes. Mickey votes Kevin. Koozie votes Kevin. Kevin is losing his mind. Mary votes Mike with an upside down vote. And then when people point it's upside down, she very forcefully turns it the other way. Um, May votes Kevin. Trevon votes Kevin, continuing to show that he, you know, eh, he's Trevon. Um, I, I will say if someone says flat out they don't trust you, yeah, then it does make sense to to you know use Kevin's own strategy and vote that person out. But I don't think that's why Trevon is doing it. I think in the moment, Trevon probably really does think he's a traitor. I um, think Trayvon's a petty king and honestly, <laughs> fair call. Um, Kevin continues to get more and more pissed. It's I, There's one thing about Kevin that we are going to really miss, and that is his... His just, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like stage presence, you know, like he, you know, even when, when they talked about Dom being, his mouth dropped and the camera focused on him and just everything about him is bigger than life. Absolutely. He's clearly very charismatic, has great chemistry with the camera. He's mm-hmm. fun to watch. Yes. Um. So, he is so pissed off that Kareen like comes over to him to calm him down a little bit. Uh, he votes Mike. Gerline votes Donna. I, I, I mean, I understand, you know, why, but it's kind of pointless. Uh, Mike votes Kevin. Melissa votes Donna. Uh, Leroy votes Kevin. And so does Psychic Donna. Kevin, who I thought was the best player there, has been banished. He goes to the circle of truth and says he was a true faithful. (laughs) Oh, he looks so broken in this moment, David. And I was broken as well. I was distraught. Yes, I was very sad. He was the star of my TikToks. He was, you know, the star of the podcast. He, you know, he just continues to be a star. So. After he leaves, May wonders to the rest of the round table, why are we so bad at this game? And Mary says she doesn't know. And I say, good question, May. Good question. <laughs> Kevin then told us he's going to regret that round table for a long time. And I can see why. You know, he just he laid out too much of his actual strategy for for all to see. And I'd say some, maybe most of them, as we've discussed, aren't smart enough to actually understand what he's saying strategically smart enough um and some i think it just rubbed them the wrong way if i were doing so uh i have been requested by a certain trader uh from this season who is already out of the game not to mention any names even though there's only been one uh to do a little bit of a uh, why blank lost here for, uh, you know, for these players. 
And if I were doing my why blank lost rules, I would say Kevin schemed and plotted too much. And he didn't do enough pretending to be nice when it came to Travon. Um, he he needed to have a better answer to what Travon said, one that didn't involve attacking him. And, you know, you you said it already. He shouldn't have been throwing out his allies' names like Kuzi and Leroy. So, I don't know. What do you think? I know you've already, you know, talked about how distraught you were. But beyond that, now is the time to let it all out. Kevin was a real pleasure. Um, and I, I agree that he sealed his fate here at the banishment. But... I do think not being able to correctly read Cousy and the fact that Cousy was his traitor protector, not Mary, really threw off his entire strategy. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if your strategy is stick close to the traitors, build a little posse of allies for banishment, by episode six, you have to have worked out which one of your best friends is a traitor and you cannot be throwing your other allies under the bus yes. yet. So I, I think he needed to have that critical read. Yeah. And that's a really good point because, you know, we've heard him say in the past, like that he was surprised that he hadn't been murdered yet. Okay. Then you have to take that next step and say, why? And you look at, and you look around and you say, huh, I'm allies with these three other people here and I haven't been murdered yet. Maybe there's a connection here. And so then it goes back to what you said, which is in that case, you, even if you don't know which of those other three, don't name any of them. You've got to know it's one of you. You cannot be walking around yeah. behaving like Kevin and be safe from murder if one of your best friends is not um, a traitor. Your relationship with Mary is not tight enough. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be Gurleen, Cousy or Leroy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, he even said he was building his relationship with with Mary. He had barely talked to her up till then. And Correct. so, yeah, yeah, it has to be one of the other ones. And it really makes the most sense to be the one that he made the alliance with on day one. After the roundtable, Gurleen is upset and feels betrayed by Kuzi, Leroy and Mike. Kuzi uh, says uh, she she trusted Kevin and, you know, suddenly he threw her name out there. Gurleen feels blindsided, but Kuzi says, you know, she was the one who felt that way. Um, Melissa tells Leroy they lost an amazing asset because he was, you know, calling shit out. So if she is still there, you know, after the death row decision, they need to start, you know, look at, OK, who was he calling out? To which I'm saying, oh, you mean like Leroy himself, who was one of the people that he named just before he was voted out? <laughs> well, they agree here that their number one and two is mm -hmm. Cousy and Mike. And they can't murder Leroy yes. tonight. He's still going to be in the game. And the next time on, we see um, the names coming up. We see Cousy and Mike having a bit of a fight. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's going to go off. They could be misleading us. But I think I no think matter what, those two names are out there now. I mean, everybody's name has to be out there by now. You're we're entering episode seven. You know? In the we already saw the right. snowball for Cousy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. We don't go back to Trader's Tower. Uh, so we go to the previews. And, yeah, you know, like you said, there's this suggestion they could turn on each other. I don't just based on the few clips we saw, I think May gets caught in a lie or some sort of thing. It sounds like May said, you know, says Koozie's name or says Koozie said something to Mike. And then they they all turn. They both turn on May. I think May could be in some trouble here. I think she could as well. Um, she has been loud and at the forefront mm. for too long. And we know we're only going to have the quiet dum-dums at the end. So, May, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so I also think that Melissa will be the one who gets murdered from death Who row. Who have we got? We've got. I think it's just Melissa. Oh, and Mary's Mary. the other one. Yes. Oh, it's no, it's totally melee. Yeah, Mary's name is out there and has steam. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Melissa. I think you're going. Um, and then yes, I think between May and Kuzi, with maybe May losing tomorrow night, I can see that happening. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the other reason, you know, was more of a production reason, I thought, for Melissa. If Melissa was still going to be there, there was no reason to show her discussion with Leroy at that moment. Yeah. But and, and the, yeah, there's no heat on her. No one's looking at her. There's no reason right. to keep her in the game for right. traitors. Right. So overall, I still say, you know, Trevon still obviously playing a terrible game. Uh, but it's going to be a terrible game that somehow I is he a Quentin and an Andy? I mean, yeah, is he Trayvon's going to the end. Trayvon yeah. and Donna are gonna go all the way. I think Mickey will stay in a long time as well, but eventually people again, will say... I forgot about Mickey. See, I just forget Mickey is even there. Yeah, Mickey refuses to talk strategy with anyone, but also no one's ever going to banish him. So at some Mm -hmm. point they will have to murder him. But I think the final, Donna and Trayvon definitely make it. And I think Mickey's in that final five as well. Oh, my God. What a set. What a group. It rivals your uh, your season there. (laughs) Nothing will rival my season. True. Okay. to that that last final sprint if we can call it that yes but i mean i could just i i almost want to sit down with like your season's last trade last faithful and kind of like draw lines to connect them to this season's uh probable last uh faithful because i think some of them are direct uh direct connections there yeah i agree um now, of course, all that happened in your season after the season actually ended. But because um, that was like, you know, the pretend episode nine or ten or whatever it was. So <laughs> um, uh, May, we've talked about her game, too. I still think it's generally terrible, but it's picking up and it's picking up just enough that I think it will attract attention. Um, And, you know, Koozie and Mike. We'll have to see. They've they've got more attention on them, but they're still basically running the game. It's, it's messy, though. I actually yeah. think Leroy is playing a really good game. I'm worried for him, but he's got solid allies. Mm-hmm. He's trusted. He's super tight with Kuzi and not putting her name out there. I think Leroy is playing an underrated 
game and it's not because I'm biased and he's very handsome. It's also because he's playing a good game. It's also because he's, I like that. What worries me about Leroy, I don't know if worries is the right word. We literally know nothing about his strategy. We have not heard him talk about it. We we don't know, is he, does he have any inkling that Kuzi is a traitor? Is he going to turn on her? Like when he knew Melissa B was a traitor, he came to her and said flat out, you're a traitor and here are these reasons. Well, I mean, with drawing power more parallels between Kevin and myself, Kevin was hogging so much of the confessional count that we didn't really get to hear from a lot of other people. True. And I think now he's gone. It, we do have time for the others to shine. That's true. That's true. And maybe that, you know, will happen. And I do think besides the fact that Kevin is a natural, I do think Traders Canada tended to focus on the returning stars more you know, they wanted to get their their money's worth from them, you know, yes. in episode one, lots of Erica in, you know, and then uh, although. Mickey. Yeah. Who? What? <laughs> um, you know, I guess Gurleen is technically a returning, you know, person, too, but just not in the same uh, level, I guess we'll call it. No. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. She was on Farming for Love. Did she? Oh find the seeds of love i i don't know the answer to that i did a bit of research i don't think so i think yeah. she made the hard decision to choose herself in the end oh no no mm. all right so that pretty much wraps up this episode do you have any other uh thoughts about uh all of all of uh this no, I hope we do get to see some traitor on traitor violence next episode. I want to see things get messy because I think that's what keeps the seasons interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to get Australia-fied. Um, and I hope it – I love Cousy and Mike. They've been so fun to watch, but I'm rooting for their demise to save the season <laughs> second half. Ah, I'm still rooting for Cousy. I still love Cousy. I like Mike a lot too, you know, but – I just, uh, you know, there's so much I love about Koozie and, you know, just her whole personality, the way she's played it. Um, you know, I'm I'm really hoping she wins. I'd be happy with a Mike win. I don't know. Leroy winning. I, I, I'd i be OK be with careful. that. You'd be careful I'd what be you okay say about my that. man, Leroy. <laughs> um, any of the other faithfuls? They're going to need to show me something, you know, in the near future first. Uh, so and that's happened before. You know, we'll 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 see. Uh, I do want to before we finish up, I want to let everyone know about uh, more great stuff we have here on the Trade Our podcast, both coming up and posted fairly recently. If you haven't heard it yet, Matthew was the first person anywhere to interview Blake from your season. Traders Australia season two. And without spoiling anything about where he finished up, we'll just say he was important to the uh, outcome of the season. Um, and the face that I am getting right now from Annabelle is, is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we also posted the second in our new special series as Matthew and I are covering Survivor UK here on the Trade Arc. We know it's a little weird, uh, but 
Uh, Matthew has never seen Survivor. I, of course, have covered the show uh, in its many forms for over 23 years. So we're looking at it from those different viewpoints. Plus, of course, Matthew is in the UK, so he fills in details that I might not know there. Uh, the one we posted a couple days ago covers episodes three and four. And I know you were watching that, Annabelle. Now, you you uh, didn't fall in love with that. I've thrown in the towel. There was only so much more of Lee's face I could stomach, David. You're a stronger person than I am, and I will now be digesting the UK via your podcasts. So if I'm stronger, that means I can stay. That's what it means, right? Because <laughs> You are a man, so you yes. are stronger. Yes, yes. And anyone who doesn't get what we're talking about, you're going to have to go either watch Survivor UK or just listen to our podcast because we recap it. You really don't even need to watch. You could just listen to the recap. Um, coming up, we still have more great guests for the coming weeks, including one of the winners of the New Zealand season in a few weeks. And actually, he was one of the people I was talking about as the season was going on. I was like, nah, I don't see it. And then he, you know, really sprang to life. I mean, he was a, he was a character the whole way through, but uh, so um, other than that, Annabelle, where can everyone find you? Everyone can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Annabelle C.E. Um, you can also find me over on the podcast Babes on the Brink, where with the lovely Chili Philly from Australian Survivor, we are also talking about the Traitors Canada, getting a little bit silly with it, rating Kareen's outfits and who we're gay for this week. Um, oh. And over on Silent Podcasts, with the lovely Sarah Carradine, I am talking about the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition, which has been lots of fun as well. I've, I've had the best time with you, David. It was so fun to nerd out on the strategy. <laughs> yes, yes, it was great. I'm actually, uh, Sarah is going to be coming on here as a guest in a week or two. We haven't quite got the schedule. I'm trying to get the pieces together. But uh, uh, so, yeah. And I've, you know, I've been watching... Uh, Amazing Race Australia. This is the first season of Amazing Race Australia that I've watched, uh, perhaps because King George was on it. Um, and uh, uh, but, you know, no spoilers. But uh, even if he were to leave at some point, there were there are still other people that I'm having fun watching, uh, like the Wiggles, uh, even Love though the Wiggles, even though the funny thing is when my kids were little and watching the Wiggles. She wasn't even there yet. They were just four guys when my kids were watching it. Um, and so I mentioned it to them. I'm like, oh, one of the one, the the Wiggles, the first Wiggles woman is on there. And their response was, Wiggles have a woman. Uh, so. <laughs> so, yeah, the, we love. Yeah. As long as you also hate Darren, I we can still be friends. Which one's Darren? The, the awful one, the one having a bad time. The one having oh the one with his nephew, yes. I I don't know I don't hate him I'm sorry Ugh. I'm sorry Ugh. most most of the people I didn't like I I'm I'm not fans of uh, the the muscleheads. Um, I've wanted them to go many times, but then they'll just out of nowhere 
do nice things like try to talk down the fighting between the mom and the son, you know? And, and so it's like, ah, I, I, I don't like you cause you're muscle heads and then you do something nice. So yeah. You know me, David, I'm a muscle apologist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually, and I don't know if it's because of, you know, some of the, people on there or because it's twice a week and I've gotten into it more or whatever, but don't tell anyone, but I'm enjoying it more than amazing race us right now. So shh, don't safe just, with me. Yeah. That's just between us. Nobody else is listening. So nobody will ever tell. Um, but all right. Well, with that, it is time to finish the Tradar traitor game. Ooh. Ah. Annabelle, did you remember to lie to me? Okay, I had a lie prepared the whole way through and I couldn't find a place to ah. sandwich it in. And then I also completely forgot again that I was supposed to be looking for a lie from you. But I'll tell you what I think the lie is, mm -hmm. that every single time we have had people put up for um, the, the put on trial, that we've always had a traitor in there. I'm pretty sure they didn't do that in the UK version. Is that what you were lying about? Well, if that is true, then it was a mistake, not a lie. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but right. if if we want to research that, I will give you credit for it. Um, no, my lie was I sandwiched it in there in the cell phone stuff. Uh, American Idol season nine, Joanna Pasitti was not disqualified because of a cell phone. She was disqualified because producers found out she had previously had a record deal and had even joined uh, Nick Lachey as his opening act on tour at one point. So, oh, wow. Yes. So it I was looking. I was like, oh, let's get an American Idol person in there because I know about the other two. But in America, you know, so I, I searched American Idol, um, you know, cheating or scandals. And one of them that I was going to use was someone who I can't remember what they're what they they really did. Now I, I had it in there and it was, you know, what they really did was I don't know, so, something else. But then as I read further, like his life really went downhill fast after he got kicked out. Like a month later or two months later, he killed someone in a drunk driving incident and oh all that. God. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna use that as part of a joke lie here, you know. Um but uh this is yeah. why I'm a faithful and you're a great traitor. I can't <laughs> lie to save myself. And you, you are brilliant, David. Oh, well, thank you. I'm a great liar. <laughs> so what was your lie going to be? I was going to lie about us having to give the shields to production straight away and us mm. only being allowed to bring them into breakfast. I don't know if that's a lie. I think it is a lie. Um, but, you know, I thought you'd buy it. I probably would have because, I don't know. So you weren't allowed to... So no one wore one into breakfast with you could season? wear it into breakfast. But I'm just saying, like, oh. as soon as you found the shield, you had to mm -hmm. hand it over to production. They didn't give it back to you till the next day. Ah, OK. So kind of like the torches in Survivor, where it looks yeah. like they're carrying them back and forth. But really, no, they get them and take them and everything. But I could accidentally be telling the truth with that one. I don't know. Yeah, and well, that's kind of like I didn't find I may have accidentally lied. So. <laughs> If I had to guess, I was going to guess your uh, that you when you said you researched Gerline, I was like, oh, that sounds like something she threw in at the end there. Oh, no, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Well, there we have it. Uh, episode six of the Traders Canada. If you, excuse me, want to reach out uh, to me to let me know what you think, I am all over social media and reality TV podcasting. Uh, I podcast about both Survivor and U.S. Big Brother for you know another week or so. On the Rob has a podcast network with the name of the show being Why Blank Lost. And I use those rules that I talked about. Uh, you could find all my various accounts through my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE in the URL. Or you could find me on most text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky is at David Bloomberg. And on the video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram is at David Bloomberg TV. Speaking of those video platforms, I post three or four reality TV short videos on all of those sites every day. Uh, right now, mostly U.S. Big Brother, though that's trailing off, uh, and Survivor. But, of course, I've posted them for the Traders Canada and for Survivor UK. I have one ready to go. It'll probably be posted before uh, this podcast is even out on this, you know, the most recent episode and have a couple more. As I mentioned earlier, you know, Kevin was the star of these for his strategy for a while. Obviously, that will change. Um, and uh, besides that, people should be sure to check out the accounts for this podcast overall. You can find us on Instagram as at the Tradar Podcast and on Twitter as at the Tradar Pod. You can also email the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to help support the cost of publishing this podcast, you can drop Matthew a few bucks or whatever they are in Canada or, you know, uh, Australia, I don't know, uh, at uh, at uh, coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. I will be right back here again next week. But, of course, I'll be back with Matthew sooner than that, and I'll be back in other places even sooner than that. So tune in here. Tune in and listen to what Annabelle has to say about all those different shows and reach out in social media in the meantime. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.